Welcome to the Tokens Podcast. I'm Iris, CEO and co-founder of Tokens. I'm joined today by Julian Kotcher and German Vesterman. Welcome, Julian and German. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for being here. Let's just jump right in with an intro of you both. You're both valued members of the Tokens team, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear from you. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Julian Kotcher, uh, New York, born and raised. Um, I spent six years in the Navy, actually, as a nuclear electrician. Um, following that, I got my bachelor's and master's in computer science, studying AI and blockchain. Uh, worked as an engineer at Circle, which is um, obviously USDC, um, for a couple of years, uh, which brought me here. So I'm very uh, excited to see all the things that uh, are going to come out of this as well. So that's Julian, our head of DevOps. And now we'll turn it over to German, our head of tech. How are you doing, everyone? Uh, my name is German Vesterman. I'm head of technology for Digital Prime. Uh, also a Brooklyn native, but the recent transplant to Florida, the sunny state. So over 25 years in the IT space, I've been into computing and networking probably from Big 20 days. So that kind of dates me pretty badly. Um, so I started on Wall Street. I integrated broker dealers into smaller order execution systems. Uh, pretty much worked all over the industry, multiple sectors, corporate, state, government. Uh, I'll give you some notable integrations, CIA, Bethesda Naval, Chrysler. Uh, moved over to business integrations and compliance about five years ago. So SOC 2, HIPAA, FDA. Um, finished compliance for um, two publicly traded biomedical firms. I came on board to handle the tech stack and compliance best practices for Digital Prime. So we finished our SOC 2 compliance audit, beefing up the security stack, internal team. Uh, Julian is a part of it, of course, and uh, getting customer support for Digital Prime and now uh, tokens. So very excited to get on board and I've loved crypto since uh, it melted a bunch of my GPUs. <laughs> so, yep. Awesome. Well, happy to have you, German. And you're both startup veterans. You know what it's like to get a, a an idea to execution and to release. Um, Julian, you're a literal uh, veteran, and I'm sure there are some parallels there with your experience in the military. Let's start with some startup basics. So if someone has an idea and they want to bring it to market, what are some tips that you have for, for them uh, and, or, or life lessons that you've learned along your way? Uh, we'll start with you, German. Oh, well, sure. sure. Um, so, I mean, I'd say for startup basics, start compliance early. Um, I know it, it's you're doing a million things, you're running all over the place. Uh, get your documentation in place now. So that means employee documentation, company equipment documentation, um, get your company equipment locked down. It's never too early to start writing your policies. So there's plenty of free sources available online. There's a lot of boilerplated docs and you could customize them from there. You don't have to hire a lawyer, just get those in place. Even if no one's seeing, you know, they're for you down the road and it will protect you. So keep records of meetings, 
vendors, new hires, business expense, business, business expense, every little thing. And don't worry about it. Let the accountants fix it at the end. Um, so that's, that's my, uh, beginning takeaways. I'm sure that there's more. I'll let <laughs> Julian. I love it, German. Just look, let's just start with the most exciting stuff, right? Compliance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> so there's definitely some exciting stuff down the road, but, uh, compliance, it's an often overlooked thing. And then down the road, people are scrambling when an auditor comes in. I mean, God forbid, <laughs> but yes, it right. happens. Right. Have you actually been through an audit? I hear it's sure. like a root canal. Yeah, it's not fun. It's definitely not fun. Um, but you will be thanking yourself, uh, you know, your past self for putting some of those safety checks in place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could go on to something more exciting, I think. <laughs> so, I think that's um, a good place to start and very much right up your alley. Uh, let's hear from Julian. Yeah, 100%. I uh, agree with German that that stuff is, is really important to get down pat. Um, for a lot of people, it may be kind of difficult because they're not really even sure what direction to go in or what kind of compliance they need. So um, German mentioned this, but like there's a lot of resources out there. You can ask for help. You, uh, you know, obviously entrepreneurship has been really, really popular over the last, well, especially the last three years with COVID, but over the last 10 years, honestly, students in school doing all this kind of stuff. So it's definitely a lot of stuff out there. Um, my number one, I guess, takeaway from if you're have an idea and you want to go after it is to ask for help, just start asking people, don't be afraid to share your idea. Maybe you'll, you'll feel like, oh, this is like my personal thing and I need to have it and I need to keep it safe. But honestly, part of building a startup is like sharing what you have with the world. Like, how are you going to do that if you keep it to yourself, right? You want to talk about it. You want to build excitement, not only for yourself, but for others. And then doing that gives you like the first step on, well, how do I turn this into, you know, something that I can actually use or someone else can use, you know what I mean? So um, asking for help is huge. There's a lot of resources out there. Uh, there are schools, uh, school programs, if you're going to school. Um, if you're not going to school, there are accelerators, there are boot camps, there are free tutorials, you know. Uh, it's definitely out there, but you have to want it and you have to be really open. That's that's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little counterintuitive, right? You think I have this amazing idea and you want to keep it close to the chest. But really, it that's where ideas kind of tend to fizzle out or even die. And they really thrive and live if you're sharing them with people, if you're bouncing them off of creative people, smart people, people with more experience than you. But what is it about us that makes us just want to protect an idea? I mean, because it's ours, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you came up with this and it's like your baby. And then maybe you've, you're like, oh, if this happens, we'll do this. And if, if, you know, oh, if the market goes like this and then we'll do that and it'll grow in this area and then we'll have all these opportunities. And the second, you know, other people may come in and say, oh, I really like this idea. You should do this with it. Or even, oh, I like your idea, but I think it would be better if it was like this. It can be very like scary for you. You're like, this is my idea. You know what I mean? Like, I want to do this. But in the end, you have to remember you're you're building something for likely for other people, you know, and you want to use it, too. But the point is that you want to share it with everyone. 
That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. You want to share it with everyone and to get that feedback on your idea can be terrifying, but also is so important, especially if you want it to actually be usable and or entertaining for other users, like what we're building, of course, with tokens. There's been a lot, a lot of collaboration around bringing it to light. And it's amazing to look back and see how it's evolved over time. Not only um, since its inception, but even since the two of you joining the team and adding your own spins and your own touches to the tokens product. What are some other basics? Maybe not tactically, but from a like a personal perspective. What does a startup founder, an entrepreneur need in order to really be successful in bringing an idea to light? Um. So your cost of time, cost of time is very important. Uh, your intelligence is worth money. So try to work uninterrupted on your business as much as possible. You're going to want to do 50 things at once. Avoid that. Uh, it takes about 20 minutes to refocus every time you do a stop start. So anytime there's an eight hour or 12 hour or 24 hour uh, <laughs> block of time. It's very valuable. You're going to be in a groove. You don't want to interrupt that groove. It's going to be flowing and it's going to be 10 times harder to get back into that groove. And again, you want to micromanage. It's your baby. Um, but I have to say this it, and you know, a lot of times it's going to lead to mistakes. You're not, you're not there to be uh, jack of all trades. You're going to want to be jack of all trades, but uh, you're just going to do a lot of things poorly. Uh, you, you'll know a lot of things, but you're, you're not going to be doing them well. Focus on what you know, become a master at it. And that's what you focus on. That's what you bring to your business. Everything else could be filled by, you know, like Julian said, uh, people on the outside. People are there to help. They want to help. Uh, it, it feels good to help. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a huge thing. And I'll, I'll point this out. Uh, aim high when you were making money for your business. Try to get all the money. Like just, you know, if you see an opportunity and people don't see it in the marketplace, take your chips, slide them in. It doesn't, I mean, this doesn't apply to like investments or, uh, you know, some ventures that somebody, you know, this isn't like a Ralph Prandon, Ev Norton, like scheme that comes up, you know? Um, so if you could control it, if you, you, and you have a gut feeling and you know, you could control this venture, make the move. Yeah. It's very important. It, I mean, it just, it's, it's tantamount to just your commitment, right? You put your, your money, your time and your intelligence into something because that's how you make your bet on yourself. Uh, interesting to note the two things you mentioned, like distraction, free time, laser focus, and also asking for help, two things that are kind of hard in a remote work environment, which we all obviously are in right now, right? Recording, uh, zooming in to record, Zencastering in to record this podcast and every day for our meetings. But it's so easy to get distracted when you can just quickly go and put a load in the in the wash or take a load out of the dryer or pop up and see the kiddos when they get home from school or go and pick up the kiddos from school. It's so easy to be isolated in your process 
when it's you in your bedroom or it's you in your office, when what you need is to ask for help or is to uh, bounce an idea off of somebody. So how do you manage this in a remote work environment? Uh, oh, I mean, I can try to take this. Um, so you know, one thing you also mentioned on top of this was commitment and like how I think this kind of relates in a remote work environment is that you need to have, you need to be very organized, right? And you're, you're right. What you said before, like, it's so easy to get distracted or to pop off and do something, you know, on the side while, while you're working in the middle of the day. And that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad, right? But it's more about your process and what's right for you, right? One of the things that I think remote work unlocked for us is the ability to be flexible, right? And, you know, some people may not have the uh, fortitude to maintain this flexibility while still maintaining high efficiency, right? The, the organized workplace kind of made us do that. So it helped a lot. Um, but now, obviously, we live in a different world. So it's up to us, right? And it depends on how successful you want to be, I guess, in how strength, like rigid you are with yourself. So that doesn't mean you can't, you know, I mean, I, I cook lunch some once in a while, right? Like instead of ordering something or this and that, and I just make it work in the sense that like, Hey, I have some time. I just finished something, you know, pretty sizable. Let's say I need 20 minutes just to unwind. If I was in an office environment, I could be going for a walk. I could go out to like, I would go out to lunch to go get something. I wouldn't bring it to, to work, but you can just make it kind of work in that way in your head. And in the end, when you look back, you're low, you can see, oh, wow, actually, I did all this stuff in the middle of the day and it didn't detract from my, my work day. You know what I mean? And, uh, but it really requires that organization and dedication because the second you're like, well, you know, I can just do this and that. Oh, I'm going to run to the store and just grab this. Two hours are gone. Your work, you know, you may have, left it 50% done and you don't remember where you left it. It's like you you're in that sense, you're shooting yourself in the foot and remote work gives you this flexibility. <laughs> it does. Right. But it's our, it becomes our responsibility. Our flexibility Absolutely. becomes our flexibility. I've, I've read organizer coach type people talk about the importance of harnessing transitions that there are, natural kind of organic transition points in our day, like you were saying, Julian, when you complete a project or like when you, um, even certain like hours of the day can trigger natural organic tr transitions in your day. And if you try and time some of these flexibility tasks around natural transition points, maybe you can still, you know, maintain that efficiency and maybe not have all that ramp up time you were talking about, German, to get back into a task, that 20 minute ramp up time. I mean, a lot of people, they, you like, you know, you, and if you're going to, let's say, go to the store, but then waste a lot of time, it's probably best that you don't, don't go to the store or, or schedule it after you do, you know, you get some work done. Um, you know, with that said, there's a lot of things that um, uh, you can do just to fix these particular things. Like you want to avoid making these kind of mistakes early. 
Um, and even to the point where I know this is going to sound, sound counterproductive, but try to fix mistakes even over the f- making money. You're, you're going to notice a lot of people that you're, you're working with initially, um, and it could be friends, it could be family members who've invested. Um, you want to cut out people that don't work. And I don't mean they just don't do work. I mean, they're not going to work out in the future. You have, it's very difficult to work with family. It's very difficult to work with friends. Um, and this is from mistakes I've made. So, <laughs> How do you tell, German? <laughs> it, it's, it's uh, you can't be as critical of your friends. And on the flip side, your family will be very critical of you to where a professional will never say that to you, but your dad will, uh, you know, your uncle definitely will. So, and they feel that they've got a huge investment and it could be something paltry. Um, So avoid those mistakes, cut those people out. It's going to break your business down the road and it's going to be extremely difficult to remove them down the line to the point where you could wreck the whole business trying to remove a partner. So just another little tidbit. (laughs) Yeah, maybe some just immediate pain, but saving more pain down the road. Nip it in the the bud if it's just not right. It's it's hard, though. It's hard, especially when we're talking about needing help, wanting, needing all hands on deck. But Uh, you you know the feeling. It's, It's like as you're working with these people, you always think like, once we make money, everything's going to go away. Everything's going to be fixed. It's not. It's going to be worse. So if you sense that this person's not working out and it could be someone you love, just it's better to break it to them early than, you know, down the road. Because then, then they feel like they've carried you. So you can't remove them. So it's, mm. you know, it's just another one of those little things that you'll experience down the road. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. Do you have experience with this, Julian? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I would just want to say to, to kind of piggyback off of German, I definitely have seen situations where you have founders co-founders um even like a company i worked at had three co-founders uh and you know they were all friends from college smart guys working on algorithmic stablecoin and one of them just wasn't you know like he wasn't in it you know he he did his job but he wasn't really working you know, like the, maybe he was working four hours a day and then his attitude wasn't really like what a founder should need, right? A founder should be able to, at all times, like, you may not know the right answer, but you're going to come up with an answer or you're going to find out the answer and you're going to deliver it, right? And, like, you're not going to go to sleep until you, you get that answer out and then you go, oh, okay, like, I, the next task for tomorrow type of thing, right? You need that kind of dedication. Otherwise, the company's never even going to get off the ground. 
And these two, you know, the other two co-founders, they had a very, very hard time recognizing this, right? They were all close friends. They didn't want to give up on this idea on each other. And so um, I think initially they all raised about $3 million. The company was around for about a year and a half, and then it just fell apart. And and the, the really the worst part was the reason it fell apart was the one founder, the one that wasn't really invested like the other two were, his job was to raise the next funding round and he just completely dropped the ball and then the company had to shutter. And it was like a real shame, you know, it was like really sad. So yeah, the being able to recognize who's in it and who's not um, very early on, not only for founders and co-founders, but your first initial hires for employees, right? These are people that you may not take like the most technically competent or the most experienced, right? It's about the fire that's inside and how much dedication you're going to bring. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's your friend or family or a stranger, but yeah, you need to be able to recognize that's a very important skill. Yeah. We're talking about commitment, people who take responsibility, people who persevere and lead, even if they don't know exactly where they're going or what the answer is and they can do it sustainably, right? They can do it over the long haul. They can anticipate when, what the company's next needs are. I mean, these are not easy things, right? And they're all not, they're not things that anyone is expected to just know. But if you're going to succeed, you're going to either figure it out or you're going to find someone who, who has that kind of experience. You know, this, this, this episode is like very cathartic for me (laughs) talking about these talking about and bringing these items like to light, but it's also a bit of a departure for us on the Tokens podcast, where we're typically very focused on educating our audience on new, these new and tech, new and emerging technologies in Web3. But obviously entrepreneurship and, and startups is where this new technology is going to come to the fore and where it's going, and it's going to be, the products produced from these startups that really tip these new technologies to mass adoption. Do you feel like any of these kind of entrepreneurial or startup or founder basics that we've discussed differ in the world of Web3? Hmm. Um, I mean, you, you, you still have to look at the basics, you know, the build, measure, learn, adjust it. That feedback loop has to be observed. And I'm going to say this, customers don't know what they want. It's up to you to look at them, observe them, and then don't worry about what they say. Look at what they do. That'll tell you everything about your customer base. Because if you start asking customers, well, what do you guys want? It'll be 50 different you know, things. But if you go into this little loop where you're building it, then you measure it of a, you know, versus the customers, you'll learn something. And just keep adjusting as you go. Um, you know, with that said, and I think we've discussed this, um, when your product is ready, you probably spend too much time. Get it out the door. Get your product poly. You know, like, don't try to polish every little thing. Release your product with all of its new features. You know, it doesn't matter if it's something, you know, uh, high tech. Or, you know, the, the newest set of, you know, widgets. It doesn't matter. Get it out the door. The customers will tell you. It might be painful at first. But if you're fulfilling a need, they're going to want it. 
you know, and they'll be happier that you got it to them sooner than later. And uh, at that point, you could fix it in the field. So depending on what it is, you know, of course. <laughs> I want to I reiterate that our German is not talking about any kind of security deployment issues. He means right. like features. <laughs> right. <laughs> features and right. UI and designs and stuff like that. Exactly. But uh, I definitely right. want to agree. Yeah. Um, I think especially in Web3, right, this is an emerging field. There, people honestly are not even sure what's capable, right? I'm, I've been working technically in the space for a couple of years. I've seen a lot of what like new innovations that are coming out, what people are excited for. And I can tell you right now, people have no idea of the, the future capability of the stuff we're building right now, right? ZK rollups. Um, I mean, with all the layer two technologies, privacy, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be wild, right? So when German says, yeah, let, let's, let's build it. Let's monitor how people use it, how they like it, um, but not necessarily listen to them directly because, you know, like, uh, who is this, Henry Ford, you know, people, it, people, uh, if I told people, if, uh, oh my God, I'm messing up this quote, <laughs> sorry, um, Henry Ford said, if I gave the people what they wanted, they would have gotten faster horses. Do you know what I mean? So when you're dealing with like a brand new emerging technology like this, you really got to say, hey, this is my idea. I think it's good. I'm going to build it and then we'll see what people, and if they like it, they like it. And then you just keep going. Right. <clears throat> if, the, if, like you said, if, the, if there's a need, if there's a product market fit, then they're going to let you know, no matter how maybe ugly the first iteration of your baby might be. I also think that this community or this industry is different because it's so community focused and because there is such a we're in this together type attitude. You see this on Discord. I know that you both utilize that as, you know, your community or where you go when you have uh, questions or when you're trying to um when you're trying to work out a, a, a problem or, or you find a new use case for blockchain technology, for example, um, do you find what kind of questions or what, what do you need to do to be prepared to kind of enter into the world of discord? Um, well, honestly, you don't need much. You need a browser, but, and a good attitude. Uh, but honestly, the rabbit hole goes as deep as you want on Discord, right? I have had like really high level or even bantering like trading or token kind of conversations in, in marketplace marketplace discords. But there's also, um, I've been in the Flashbots Discord, which is um, a validation. It's a, well, now they're known for their censorship, but a Ethe Ethereum validation service that is enforcing... Um, it gets a little deep, but basically the point is making money from reordering transactions on the Ethereum blockchain and uh, going in there and doing some, like asking some very, very specific questions about fee sniping bots and, and how they're doing what they're doing. And people are more than willing, people with years and years of experience in this, which is something that has only existed for years and years, pretty much telling up front all the, like the industry secrets and telling you all this kind of stuff. It's, it's there if you, if you want it. And, uh, Discord is one of the most open, it's a bit messy, but open places to do it. 
It seems like with even just a basic understanding of the fundamentals of blockchain, you can go in and spark a conversation about kind of anything. A new idea, a new take on an old idea, or even some, yeah, crazy, deep, specific things. Like, I'm not, I'm not even sure what an algorithmic stablecoin is. <laughs> and uh, But I'm sure I could go and, you know, ask somebody about it or try and get some insight about it because there are those kinds of specific people with those expertise. Um, you just got to find them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> If let's just say for a very practical takeaway for our, our listeners, what are kind of some of the fundamentals of blockchain that they can research on their own in order to go and start and start some of these kinds of conversations? Uh, I mean, I'd start out with, you know, you have an idea, right? You have an idea and you're like, well, I want to find a way to make this work. Number one, does it need blockchain? That's that's the real question. There's a lot of startups out there. Your idea doesn't need blockchain. It's And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to capture this new technology. Maybe you can make it fit in. Maybe you can't. Doesn't mean everything's built for blockchain, but there are things. Now that we have it, there are some very cool applications. Uh, so the first thing I would look at is, what can blockchain give you? You don't need to know how it works, but what can I do? You, you know... Uh, you can have a notion of like identity on a chain that is not attached to your financial identity or your personal identity. You could have it attached to your personal financial identity, and it's your choice. It's not like, oh, I mean, I was born here and then I got an ID or I went to the bank and they gave me a card. This is like I can choose to make these connections between each other. Uh, and this has a lot of far-reaching, you know, um, implications for like social interactions between people, financial interactions between people. Maybe I want to do financial interactions, but I don't want people to know where I live, right? But I want the US government or the governing authority to know where everyone lives for safety, but just not my counterparty. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's possible through blockchain. Uh, being able to vote and marking the vote down and being able to look into the past and say, did this person vote? Yes. And was it a valid vote? Yes. But being unable to tell what that vote is, this prevents a lot of corruption in voting and bribery, right? Because people can just do whatever they want. So knowing what is possible through blockchain is the first step, right? And that doesn't take any technical knowledge. You can just look that up. And then you see how that fits into your idea. Anything you want to add to that, German? No, that's, that's actually you know, fantastic. <laughs> Um, you know, just to piggyback off of, uh, what Julian has said, don't try to, uh, fit your idea onto the blockchain makes a lot of sense. Um, there's, there's plenty of opportunities out there, but, um, I'd say the biggest thing to do is to worry more about having a runway for these opportunities to land for your business. So, you know, just, just be ready. Be ready for an opportunity to land. You know, it's your runway. Um, I can tell you a quick like story. This this was uh, a startup that we had done um, for Graceland. So it was a photogrammetry, full color three D printed bobblehead company that was a startup. Uh, essentially, a three D photo booth. Um, so we met with the reps from Graceland. This was um, 
uh, I'd say like six years ago at the IAPA show in Orlando. It's a huge uh, attraction show. So things like indoor roller coasters, you know, all these like crazy attractions. Um, so they put up all these uh, booths, newly built visitor center in, in Graceland because uh, Elvis loved high tech. So they needed this put in. So there was these 3D sculpts and proofs being done. Black leather Elvis, eagle suit Elvis, you know, the rhinestones, <laughs> you know. Um, and again, all of this high tech, but the users uh, and the owners were bogged down internally arguing what pose, what color of the rhinestone, what hairstyle should be available. And this went on for like two to three months. In the meantime, the client's plane is a holding pattern, you know, circling around the runway until the client lost interest, went to a different airport. So, you know, they missed their opportunities. It's, it's these things that looking back, it's the owners didn't agree. Uh, it was apparent from right from the beginning. And, it, you know, you can, you can fix these things. Um, and you don't necessarily need like blockchain. You just have to look to see what it is that your business will do and then um, take it. You know, take that opportunity, you know, just, just be ready for, they, they are going to come your way. If you're putting in the work, they will come your way. There will be lots of companies that will knock on your door and you just got to know when to grab hold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the adage? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yes. Very true. Right. And you got to yep. be ready to strike when you that do. opportunity presents itself. Absolutely. Things move. Things move quickly in Web three. Uh, we've done a number of difficult but important pivots with the tokens business, and we are moments away at the precipice of releasing this app to our early access users. And I, I couldn't be more delighted, but I also couldn't be more scared and uh, couldn't be more ready, you know, to, to, to see the feedback, to see the, the real users' um, behavior on the app and to take this moment, right, to take this opportunity to really get in, into the hands of, of users. It's, it's, it's all the things. It's all the feels getting a, a product out there. And I'm so grateful for both of you and being a part of this, this ride known as tokens. Same here. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, any final kind of takeaways for our listeners as we wrap up this episode and as we prep, as we get back to work and prep to release this app. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, yeah. I mean, since a lot of this conversation has been about startups and entrepreneurship and just maybe high level stuff about how to approach going after an idea or a dream that you're having. Um, I would say like just quick, three quick things, figure out the skills you need to make it happen and, and at least learn the preliminaries of them. Uh, two, make sure that you make a plan for yourself. And I don't mean just like a day-to-day -day plan, like, a life plan. This is going to be the next three to eight years of your life, potentially. Make sure you know what you're getting into. But uh, if you're serious, and this is point three, you need to have dedication and uh, basically bring that 100% that you have 
And that doesn't mean you have to work 100% of the day, but you have to bring 100% of what you got to everything that you do. And if you keep these three things um, constantly rotating, right, this kind of self-education, dedication, and uh, like rigidity with yourself, then um, eventually you'll succeed. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is more for when you guys make it big time out there. Well, your listeners. So be a positive influence. Um, mentor. Repay people by sharing your knowledge. Make yourself useful. Uh, master your craft. Don't micromanage. But uh, like Julian said, preparation, habits, diligence, work hard. Try not to waste too much time. And you'll get there. You'll get there. I love that. Thanks for those words of encouragement. I'm like taking them very personally myself. <laughs> but it's so true. And I think that you both are examples of this. Um, the discipline and the commitment, the 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 altruism, the giving back. You know, I've learned these things about both of you in not only your work, but your your professional, but your personal life. So thanks again for for being a part of this ride and for for being an inspiration to me. Thanks for joining this episode of the Tokens podcast. If our listeners would like to follow you or would like to connect with you after the fact, how do they find you? Uh, anyone can find me uh, on Twitter uh, at Julian Kotcher, just like my name. So uh, very easy to find. Uh, and uh, I like, you know, as you can imagine, um, I'm open to any kind of questions. I love to teach. I love education, whether it's Web3, programming, security, economics, anything for fun, you know, anything interesting I'm, I'm, I'm in. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, same here. You can reach me at Twitter at, uh, at techcommand.com um, or info at techcommand.com as well. Uh, again, any kind of questions that if I could answer them, I'd be more than happy to, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks. And we love to hear from you at tokens or at tokens NFT, depending on what social media platform you use, you can always find tokens and, uh, feel free to submit your questions or what interests you might have for future episodes of the tokens podcast. Thanks for listening. And we're looking forward to having you be some of our first users in the early access version of tokens made available really soon. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. 
We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Electrocast.